not expect that sort of reaction from the candle <laughs> it was because because it's like 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 star wars <laughs> but, but this isn't star like, wars it's it's the warren beast podcast it was also not spot on <laughs> i know <laughs> but we <laughs> we are reviewing transformers war for cybertron trilogy chapter one siege episode two uh, interesting episode, and I sort of alluded to some stuff early on, so I guess I'm burying the lead a little bit, but yeah, it is what it is. But I am Greg. I am Jordan. And I'm Kendall. I completely messed up our intro, because normally I flip it around there, so that's on, that's on me, because I, I completely threw off Kendall, and I think it threw off everything. <laughs> that's That's my story. I'm sticking to it. It's it's it, no it's it's my fault. I, I just I just I did not, I don't know I don't know I don't know why that I don't know why that 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 hit me the way that it did. Well, I'm I'm glad because anytime I can make somebody laugh out of like poor impersonations that I do, it always brings a smile to me. But yes, so we we watched an interesting episode. Uh, Kendall, I assume you've got some info on IMDb, or at least you were talking about how you can bring it up on your screen and share it with us this time. Yes, so. yes. Uh, here we go. Oh, he actually has a screen open on IMDb. <laughs> I can see it. All right. We're super high tech with our, this is, see, my new job, I, I got it. I had an edge in my new job because I knew how to use like, uh, things that where you talk over the internet. And, uh, you know, the new job taught me how to share my screen with the people over the internet. So, uh, we have one piece of trivia, Ultra Magnus mentions to Megatron about fighting together in, at the Tannhauser gate. This is an homage to Blade Runner. Roy Batty mentions the Tannhauser gate in his (laughs) tears and rain monologue. Wow. Yeah. That's a deep I, cut. He actually, I think he actually says Tarnhauser Gate, though, which is kind of a. It's actually makes it a double joke because I'm pretty sure Tarn is one of those Cybertronian cities that met that they throw around a lot when they oh, can. Okay. So, so not only is it you know, hey, there's Tarn, but also it is kind of like a reference to Tarnhauser Gate or however you say it. Well, I should have watched. See, if this was like the prime of Warren Beast. 
I would have read that <laughs> and watched Blade Runner, but that this isn't the prime. <laughs> <laughs> this is the war for Cybertron. That's okay. Get it? Because like prime, because that's like the yeah. kind of Transformers. <laughs> so Jordan, what do we have on the TF wiki today? So um, it mentions a couple of Transformers references, which the fact that the we have a bunch of concentrated energon, which is effectually in a metal cube, is kind of an old old school reference to how they used to usually show energon as just you know energon cubes. Yeah. Um, we also see Impactor, uh, who is I I think in like some versions is a wrecker. But they also mentioned how he 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 always has like one of his hands is uh is that like harpoon blade, and they mentioned how how he was firing it like a grappling line and using using it as as you know like as a winch kind of thing, as he does in the ID IDW comics and uh his original Marvel UK appearances. Ooh. And then the final Transformers reference is that the grenade that Hound throws is pretty much spot on a design from the from ones they've used in tra- Transformers Prime and the 2015 Robots in Disguise series. But they also mentioned that both of those were also done at the animation studio of Polygon Pictures. So they probably were just reusing what they had. That would sound about right. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than paying and wasting all that time to design a new grenade, yeah. if you've already got one, um, under real world references, they mentioned the the Tarnhauser and Tarnhauser thing, but they also mentioned that uh, Shockwave mentions a plan about derezzing the Autobots and such, which we'll probably get in for there. But but they point out that that was also kind of a a euphemism for death used in the Tron films. Yes. Yeah, and they. Re- and as a reminder, Shockwave's original voice was supposedly based on the character Sark from that film. Oh, I never, I never. Yeah, that, that was like, he was like supposed to be kind of like a, a, a similar in, you know, tone and, and stuff for that. Um, under trivia, it does mention uh, one of the things I think we mentioned last time about how the cloak apparently makes. Uh, someone completely mysterious and unknown <laughs> to anyone, even his old friend Megatron. <laughs> I was going to bring that up when we started talking about the episode, yeah. but um, and then uh, th- it seems like more of the the trivia is kind of just like little little uh nitpicks of like loop of like plot holes or anything like that because it also mentions um how. Ultra Magnus seems to be able to overhear their uh, plans from a cell that's supposedly somewhere else, but they like are surprised that they, you know, didn't also, you know, like that Magnus was able to kind of like contact his foes. Like, you know, you didn't think maybe that the cell should be protected from doing that. Yeah. Yeah. There's some stuff that I'm going to question in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, it it goes into some interesting things, again, about the weapon systems. They're just like how, which some of the things that they do switching around, some weapons that you find with regular characters and things. Uh, I think it mentions that Barricade uses a weapon that usually comes with Prowl, 
and and other little things like that, which I think is kind of neat. But like I said, like you know, unless you really wanted that minutia, it, it's not uh, anything too important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like went back to like the main landing page about the War for Cybertron in general, and I noticed some like something under the notes that I think would help uh, point out is that. The series it says the series use, has an extensive use of generics, which basically means they use the same robot body types uh, and and assets to pad out army like you know fight scenes and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. so yeah. like the Autobots have you know use Cog, Sideswipe, Mirage, Ironheart and Hunt and Hound. Like they'll use multiples of them in certain scenes to to there. While Impactor, Refractor, which is the I don't know if you remember, but it's the three robots yep, that, that make that the can, camera. Yeah. And barricade as well as the seekers, obviously like the seekers are all there. So yeah. Kendall, like remember how you're saying like they all look the same and stuff like that. Well, that's because <laughs> they really are using the same ones a lot. So yeah, yeah it does, it does noticed, make it a little harder. <laughs> it, was, it was especially noticeable with barricade because it's the exact same model as prowl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've I've like long since unless it's like a main unless it's like a main character, I, I just I just kind of go with it. I yeah. The the thing is, because even the characters that like to me, like if I don't know, you know, if I didn't know better, if I didn't know Starscream and Jetfire were different characters, they still look kind of similar, even though they're not they're obviously not palette swaps. They're or or like a like I mean, to me, Ultra Magnus and Megatron's models look look practically like palette swaps. So, you know, I I just you know, I I look for the stuff that I can recognize, and if I don't recognize them, and they don't say their name over and over again, I assume they're not important. Actually, we have some comments later that I think you'll be happy to hear about from Twitter. So, <laughs> uh oh, and uh, <laughs> I think one other just small note, I think might be fun to point out is that uh apparently the animation team used hasbro's original cad files for the war for cybertron trilogy toy line which means that the character models are not only absurdly toy accurate but so much so that sometimes that the 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 uh character models retain five middle five mm post holes and three mm pegs so basically the spots where you would you know stick guns or like would be able to uh, attach things are 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 on them because they are just basically copies of the toy. Yeah, yeah. They just took the toy, transferred it <laughs> over to the 3D animation program. Which I mean, if you've already got the stuff, you might as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. You know, that's it's really interesting how you're talking about how how toy accurate they are because aside from Bumblebee, whose toy I also don't like. uh uh, i i like i really like the character designs i think that they make them look like they make them look grim and gritty and cool like they don't look like dumb toys Mm -hmm. oh there is something that i did mention to jordan before kendall got on the call i was in a walmart today and they have the next season toys already out and thankfully because i had a i had a complaint last episode about how we don't see a certain trailer the toy has the trailer now. So I'm very happy about that. Although I still wasn't going to spend $69 on a to- on the toy. 
because I'm not working right now, so I don't have that much money to blow on a toy. Is there a Jetfire one? Uh, I saw two Jetfires. One that was 20 bucks, but it wasn't the Siege version. It was like a... It was like a generic, like the generic Transformer line. I can't remember the name of it. And then they had the anniversary Jetfire, which was like 150 bucks. Okay. And okay. Toys R Us. And he's been out there for. Wait, you mean Walmart? You said Walmart first. Oh, yeah. Well, so I saw the one Jetfire at Walmart and then the $150 one I saw at Toys R Us. D- uh, there's still Toys R Us? There is. Yeah, they, tried, yeah, they tried to come back. And yep. I think a few of them are still around now. Yep, Canada, we still have them. I think there's only a few, but but I still have one in my city. It's one of the few. And their prices still suck. Aww. Yeah, I wasn't going to go and spend 150 bucks on a jet fire that was probably two years old, I think. Yeah. yeah but so what's this one? Because I couldn't, I looked when I saw the... When I saw the show, because I like Jetfire in the show, I forget if that's the there was going to be a spoiler, but I liked <laughs> Jetfire in this show a lot, uh, and I wanted a figure of him like from the show. Oh, was that the one that you were talking about last episode? Yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't find it. Yeah, I don't like this. Was it the Cyberverse one? Uh, no, it wasn't the Cyberverse one. I'm trying to see, because I'm on Walmart.com. <laughs> That one looks really bad. Q series. And then if you go too far, then they start showing you pictures of other transformers. Yeah. Because mm. I like, yeah, I like, I like Jetfire in this, in this show, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Keep going. And <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about it for uh, just like, you know, little notes there. I mean, I could mention the uh, technical errors, where apparently uh, the uh, one, when one of the, one of the robots you know turns into a weapon for the other to carry, apparently his torso section disappears. But I did not notice that, other than maybe like it looks smaller than it was. Oh, and uh, it also mentions Optimus vehicle mode uh, seems to change sizes at some point, sometimes looking larger than it normally is. Yeah, actually, I did sort of notice that. Because other than that, sort of towards the end of the episode, but yeah. anyway, Kendall, I I just linked you the expensive jet fire that I saw, but it, that is actually the 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 siege jet fire that I came across. I thought it was the anniversary one. It is in fact the siege one. Okay, that's where the chat is. <laughs> so it's one hundred twenty nine ninety nine. That's Canadian. Yeah, so it's a hundred bucks. Like, yeah, it must also be who's buying the- these. Th- it must be one of the larger size too. Yeah, by the is. looks of it. Yeah, because there, Fox there's really big. There's, there's been like, uh, especially with the Titans Return with like Fortress Maximus and that out there, they've been selling some these like extraordinarily large ones for like a hundred, yeah. and then there's like uh, fifty twenties and and thirty dollar ones as well at different, and it's all just different sizes. Yeah. Well, I want one that's like twenty or thirty. Yeah, sometimes they <laughs> well, sometimes they make the uh, like a like a le- like a twenty or thirty version, like twenty or less version of uh, of these like larger ones, but they're just like usually 
not i guess the is like not as complex or anything like they like maybe only like have like a few stages before they switch from plane to to robot in situations yeah that was the one that i saw for like 20 bucks it was like i think it was seven or eight steps to transform it yeah and this one looks very very much exactly like in the show so this looks to be like the higher end like like all the bells and whistles kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, that box is probably a good foot tall. Yeah, they. I wonder if they do make a, a smaller size ones of uh, of Jetfire though. Oh yeah, yeah, I would imagine. But like it's like, were... but is it? Is it because these came out eight months ago and they're and they're sold out now? I don't know. I mean, you said that they have next season out already. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw a nurse siege. I saw a nurse siege today, which is like. I'm I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when the next season is coming out, but like you would think that you would want the merchandising for the thing that you put out because like this just came out a few weeks ago. The show. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I'm just saying I'm just saying like I'm I'm trying to embrace capitalism here (laughs) like this. I just saw a commercial for a thing. I want the thing. And now you're not going to let me have the thing. And then I'm going to move on to the next thing and not be able to get that. Like, come on, people, get your get your shit together. Uh, but at least we know what the MSRP of it is. <laughs> I just went all the way back to our episode <laughs> zero for the start of this whole damn podcast. <laughs> for the people who have listened all the way through, they are going to very much appreciate that reference that I made. But uh, but yes, so we've got all of our trivia down, so I suppose we should get into this episode. So we open this particular episode outside of the Colosseum, I guess you could say, of the Decepticons. We've got Megatron sitting in a throne addressing the Decepticons about the you know the treasury of the Autobots and how you know he wants them to be able to to take them out and all of a sudden we see a one i'm assuming it's one of the seekers because it looks like one of them just with the different color scheme gets flung into the arena and then we get this badass mysterious figure in a cloak <laughs> walking <laughs> out of the no shadow one recognizes yeah do you think the the clothes make the bot <laughs> well, you know, considering how many t- versions of Ultra Magnus, I think even in the Siege one, his his trailer is like an armor cl- uh, cloak. Oh, God. You know, I think it kind of does. Oh, my. Which, again, I uh, I forgot that was mentioned in the, the spoiler. Where it's like why he didn't just, you know, step out of his armor since he looks like a completely different bot when he does. Yeah, that's true. Because uh, I mean, like, he was he was going there. Like we find out later, like as on good faith, like he wasn't there to fight, so it's not like he needed the armor. Yeah, although he does kick one person's ass. But oh, Candle has linked me something on Amazon. Uh, yeah, it just showed in the. It doesn't give any preview. It just says Amazon.com. That's funny. Yeah, no, I found it. They're, they have a a, a pretty oh, good that... one for thirty six. I I kind of like oh, that one. I saw that one, but I'm broke now, so. That's I just bought like, my wife's. I just spent all my money on my wife's birthday, so I can't buy it now. I could have bought it when I was drunk 
three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, Kendall, I think that's the one that I saw for 20 bucks. Oh, well, I'll just have to drive to uh, Prince Edward Island and, and pick one up tomorrow. How late are they open? Uh, they're only open till seven. Okay. Well, I got to work at six. Uh, might have time. <laughs> you know, it might just be because they're limited uh, numbers on Amazon. Why their prices are that right, high. Right. Yeah. Cause it's like, or if you scroll down, sellers. yeah. If you scroll down to uh, the, the jet fire we were looking at before, it's already like 175. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it might just be that on Amazon scarcity is driving up the price. Right. Right. Well, yeah, yeah but uh, but it's not other places. Let me let's see what Target is. let's see what Target has. <laughs> oh, no, oh, by the way, uh, hold no, on, hold on. Before not we getting, get too no. far ahead, before we get too far ahead, I got a sound clip for you. Oh no! Why would you be so foolhardy as to come here? I prefer to think of it as hopeful. As the military commander of the Autobots, I, Ultra Magnus, in good faith, hereby surrender to you. Dun dun dun. <laughs> so now we know who the guy in the cloak is. <laughs> yes. yes. They couldn't even uh... shoot off the cloak. He had to take it off himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although there was a badass moment where he is wearing the cloak and Megatron's like fire only on my command. And they're all saying it could be a trap. And then barricade think, goes yeah. and shoots and just completely misses him. Like it, the bolt goes by his head and he's just standing there like a badass. So yeah. Like he, it like didn't even phase him. Yeah. But yeah. So that was, that was a pretty cool moment there. Megatron of course is pretty pissed off with barricade. The, you know, Magnus is sort of, he held out his arms to sort of indicate, you know, I've got no weapons. I'm not going to put up a fight. Um, we do then get the intro from the intro. We go into the Decepticon dining room. I, it might be some kind of just like council room, like, or like meeting. Well, it's definitely some kind of meeting room. At least. I don't know. I, you've got really big chairs on either end of this really long table and no, no chairs in between it. It's very reminiscent of the, the Tim Long. Burton Batman movie where Bruce Wayne and Vicki Vale are eating in the dining room that he's ever been in before. The like really, really long table. Yeah. Mm. I, I half expected Magnus to say, can you please pass the, the Energon salt? I <laughs> would have been like, what? But, but yeah, maybe, maybe that was this, the only table they could find. They just had to drag it out there. Yeah. True enough. But this is where we also get the, the reference to, uh, to what you were talking about earlier with the the trivia and Blade Runner, and their Magnus brings up the uh, the battle of Tarn Housergate, and me- essentially he says Megatron saved his life, and he saved Megatron's life, and together they won the battle. So Magnus is he's trying to be very diplomatic. He's trying to you know find the common ground. They fought as brothers, and but Megatron's still very leery. He's like, "Yeah, now we're at each other's throats." But you can tell as well uh, that Magnus is very—he's very tired. He's very weary of the war. 
and he really doesn't want it to continue, which is understandable. Um, but Megatron is still very much of the mind that Magnus needs to convince Prime, you know, that Megatron's not going to stop fighting. He needs Magnus needs to go tell Prime to stop fighting, and Magnus is like, "Well, that isn't going to happen." So Magnus is very much of the mind that the three of them, if they could just sit down and speak like the old days, ooh, foreshadowing that uh, that they could end this. But you know, Megatron's not having it. So after all the talk, pretty much it just boils down to, well, either tell the Autobots to stand down or the fighting is going to continue. And Magnus is like, I'm not going to order people to do what they aren't going to, you know, feel comfortable they doing. Don't think is right. Yeah. yeah. And so Megatron says, well, you're going to be just as responsible for their deaths as Prime is then. And then he's then he tells Jetfire to put Magnus into their most comfortable cell. <laughs> no, so it's so it's nice that he has a small bit of consideration for his brother at least. <laughs> but you know, it's Magnus has noble intentions, and maybe if he had tried this, because honestly, we have no idea how long exactly this war has gone on for. Right. But two hundred years ago, yeah, maybe fifty years ago, if he had tried, might have worked, but. So from here, we then cut to the Ark and the Autobots and Optimus is has called together, I guess, sort of his senior staff, if you will, of the Autobots at this point and announces that Magnus has been reported that Magnus has been captured slash surrendered himself. And apparently the reason that Optimus gives is he and Magnus had different views of the war and one of the things uh, that I found really funny is one of the Autobots says that's scrap instead of that's crap <laughs> right 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 <laughs> so we had ass in last episode we can't ha- we couldn't have crap in this episode so we had to add an S to it but I, I thought that that was a, an interesting choice of dialogue uh, everybody in turn, it starts freaking out saying, oh, we got to, you know, we have Magnus knows the location. We have to get out of here. They could be here in nanocycles. Prime doesn't believe that Magnus will give them up or betray them to which red alert who I does, does anybody say red alerts name in this episode? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know that name. So <laughs> I thought that was, uh, I thought that was hot rod. <laughs> well, at least, at least you didn't mistake him for Ratchet this time. Oh, oh, that's oh, Red Alert is the is is fake Ratchet. Okay, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, who did you think was Hot Rod? The red car guy. I mean, that's not a bad like assumption. I I think they actually did say his name, but I don't remember what it was. Is it Sideswipe? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah, because yeah, at one I mean, point in the like episode, character. yeah, because at one point Optimus actually acknowledges Sideswipe when he asks if he can speak freely, and Prime's <laughs> like, "You always can speak freely." And that's when he's like, "This is a load of scrap." <laughs> so, yeah. with, with Magnus now being captured by the Decepticons, Prime uh, sort of elevate elevates, promotes, shield promotion for. Alita, 
So now Alita is in charge of the military operations, but at least he, he asks if it's acceptable to her. She sort of resignedly says, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, hit, Optimus and, and uh, Alita 1 in this episode are both like, man, we're in a shitty situation. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's just not good. Things are not looking up. No, no. So now they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. So this is when we cut back to the Decepticons and we get our first look at Shockwave in this series. And he looks pretty much exactly what what we've seen throughout, like various incarnations of him. I am going to say, though, the voice actor for this guy, really fucking creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Like he, he does a spot on job of mad scientists sort of in the upper echelon of command who really does not like he's a scientist who has no qualms with doing whatever the fuck he wants. Like he doesn't have morals. Yeah. Like, you know who this, you know who he is? He's tarantulas. Yes. Yes. Yes, Really? Oh, do you think shockwave is tarantulas ancestor? I would not be surprised. Mm. No, because Shockwave is trapped on Earth. (laughs) Well, no, okay, no, he's trapped on Earth until until the time that things happen. Also, it doesn't make sense for him to be on Cybertron because he's supposed to be trapped on Earth right now. Yeah, the ID the IDW uh, continuity of Shockwave is insane, and like if you thought Beast Wars were crazy. Well, I was talking about I was talking about G one continuity for him. Well, yeah, the, that's the true. That's true. G one right? continuity. He's actually stuck on Cybertron. Like everybody else gets stuck on Earth, and he's left on Cybertron to look after things. I think he visited Earth at one point, though, because that's when he fought the Dinobots in the comics. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was trapped on Earth from even earlier I'm than tra- the arc and then was with the Dinobots because he like controlled the Dinobots or something like that. But no, I forget no, if the, if that, if that was just specifically different, one of the things difference between the co- the G one comics and the cartoon though. Like I yeah. forget if that's actually like two separate things that they right. did. Right. Yeah. Cause could- in, in the cartoon Wheeljack is one who, who invents the Dinobots and shockwave is stuck <laughs> on help. Cybertron. Yeah. But yeah, Shockwave is it's the stuck strongest on, robot uh, with, the, with the with the dumbest brains. What mm. could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> everything, everything goes wrong. But yeah, but, so Shockwave reports to Megatron that he's found something. And it's a magical D twenty. Yeah, it's the magical dodecahedron, and it's turns out it's the AllSpark, which you know. I'm trying to remember when is the first instance that we really get of the Allspark. Um, shoot. Um, I think it might be the movie was when they kind of actually first started actually talking about it. Yeah, but that's the that's the first time I remember ever hearing and, of the Allspark. It was and in the and story. and I know uh, Beast Wars was definitely like touted as being the ones that kind of codified what the Allspark is and those you know well sparks and. And that kind of stuff as like, like more as like, um, like expounded on that to actually make, make it uh, more sense. But, um, geez, I know by the time that the, uh, the Michael Bay Transformers movies 
were around, it it has been used enough that it actually was like a, a recognized thing because they re- because they you know because they were going to call the the uh, they were you know they used the all spark in that and mm-hmm. like I mean they had other names for it but they were basically using it as the same kind of concept uh, from the very beginning yeah. of like what it was okay but yeah so so shockwave here. Uh, states that the, the the files of the ancients and Alpha Trion uh, prove that it is not, in fact, a myth, that it is real. And he believes that with the power of the Allspark, that they can, once harnessed, they can essentially reformat all of the Autobots into Decepticons and end the war permanently. Okay, so... Uh, so- I confirmed. Yeah, uh, Jordan was right. It's different. Oh. There's a difference uh, between G1 and Marvel Comics because in okay. the Marvel Comics, he followed the Decepticon ship and the Ark to Earth, but crashed. But the magnetic field made him crash in the Savage Land, and that's why he took control of the Dinobots and crap like that. And uh, then, uh, oh right, the- and that's because because it was tied to Marvel, they could do the Savage Land, like the actual right. Savage Land. Marvel version, right? Like uh, Kazar Ka- or whatever his name is was that was in those books. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's like that's one of those that I really love the cover. There's a couple of those early Transformers issues that I really like the covers of, and I like. I'm sure they're not that expensive, uh, but yeah, I like Shockwave a lot. Um, and then in the yeah in G1 continuity, Greg is correct. He was like still on Cybertron and screwing around with the remaining Autobot resistance movements on Cybertron and and stuff like that. (laughs) But I've got us, I got a, I've got a, uh, an audio clip here and this is, I, I loved this episode just for the record. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and the, and this, this scene, when I was pulling the clips, it's like one thing goes into another thing, goes into another thing. So I kept like making the clip wanting to be just, the first I wanted to make it just shockwaves little speech. And then it, w- it goes into ultra Magnus's thing. And that, and then it goes into Megatron's like kind of hesitance, uh, you know, cause this version of Megatron is not a hundred percent evil. Evil. Right. Right. And he hasn't always been evil. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's, you know, he's got some moments of, this episode has a few moments of doubt, but it's like one thing into the next thing into the next thing. And I, I couldn't find a good place to cut off the clip. So the clip's a little bit long and cuts off at an awkward time. But, so uh, big spoiler warnings here. I'll make sure I put in a klaxon. And I was going to put in the red <laughs> alert thing from last episode where he says, oh, there's I'm, there's nothing I can do for Wheeljack. I was very tempted to put that in, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
That looks painful. The war would to optimists. Megatron is looking for the AllSpark. They plan to reformat the Autobots. Total annihilation. I repeat, total. Possessing that kind of power is appealing. But I'm not inclined to search the entire planet for the AllSpark when our forces should be winning the war. That's this pretty, you know. How you win the war. And then I, because I did, oh. I had already like cut it off at like eight different places. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't leave it open for Jetfire says winning without honor or yeah. victory, a vic- victory. It would be a victory, but a victory without honor. And then Megatron says, I'll need to think about it. Uh, well, which I, I just, just fuck, I love that scene. It's a good yeah. scene. Well, I was going to say there's there's a you forgot there was a line that Shockwave says during that exchange that uh, that further confirms how like uh, unethical or like he does not care. Remember, like you said, like uh, Jetfire says um, it'd be a victory, but a victory without honor and without missing a beat. Shockwave's like, then I shall then I am to proceed. Like he's like, well, yeah, let's go. Like, like well, he was, duh. he's like, yeah. So let's go. Yeah. Right. No, no doubts at all. I, that's, and I also, I, I gotta say, I, in general, Shockwave is, Shockwave is one of the one of a handful of characters in of like G one Transformers characters that I that I kind of like a lot because he is, I mean, he is Tarantulas. Like he's he's like this sort of more evil version of of Megatron. Yeah, I have a feeling like. If Megatron did disappear in this universe, you know, you'd have Starscream who would be clawing for power, but I think Shockwave would really be the one who could pull the strings and take command. And it would be very scary where he took them. Yeah, and isn't isn't that what happens in the in in the G1 comic? Uh he like pushes Megatron off of a cliff. Megatron bumps his head and turns into a gun. And then, uh, and then the guy, and then like this, like two bit criminal picks it up and then like becomes known as the man with the magic gun. And God, I mean, it was a fun read at least, but it is, it is, it is one of my all time favorite comics. Yeah. If you could could ever pick up like the, the original, like Marvel, uh, generation one comics, I mean, it's, it's, it's typical of like the old ones where there's a lot of talking and, and word balloons at times, but it's worth it sometimes. Cause God, it is so, so just crazy and, uh, comic-y and, Oh God. Like uh, I would, so Greg, hi- I would your, highly uh, recommend. Put your email address in the, in the, uh, in the Skype chat. I'm going to buy it for you right now. <laughs> just the, just that issue. Okay. <laughs> You have a comicsology, right? Uh, if I do, I can't remember the login for it. It's, it's okay. If you don't, you, you, I'll gift it. I, I, I gift it to you via email, and then you can sign up for one. Then okay. it, I think it connects with an Amazon thing anyway. Okay. Yeah, I think Comicsology uh, uses your uses your Amazon account now. Okay. Uh, or can at least. Yeah. There. That's my Amazon account email. Okay. Okay, cool. And no one else will know it. There's too many. (laughs) 
There's too many. There've been too many. Uh, but I've had that email address years. for almost 20 years. So <laughs> yes, it, it's from 20 years ago. It's yeah. I was into Dragon Ball. <laughs> but yes. So Magnus radios into the Autobots on a super duper secret radio frequency that nobody's going to be able to tell. And Optimus gets the, the warning. He and Alita and Red Alert are all there as the, the signal comes in. Optimus hears it. Everybody's like, the all spark, that can't be real. And Optimus is like, oh, it's real. It's got to be real because guess what? We're starting to look for it. <laughs> Everybody else is like, what? <laughs> but it, it's so... It's a bit jarring for me because everybody else is so skeptical about it. And Optimus is just like, nope. Yeah, we got to start looking for it. Mm-hmm. If Megatron's looking for it, we got to look for it. And he's like, just gather everybody. And so we get another meeting of all the Autobots like we had. at this. I'm wondering if they just, because I'm pretty sure they're in the same room that they were in the last scene where they gathered all the <laughs> Autobots. So I think they all, I think they just. They cut this one. They they did the first scene, cut it, and then they did the exact same scene. It's probably just kept everybody like even maybe in the exact same positions that they were in. But it, it's yeah, Prime is gung ho on finding the All Spark now. But although funnily enough, Sideswipe does ask if he did crack his crankcase. <laughs> but yes, so now. Uh, Wheeljack offers to to try and use the sensors on the arc to try and track down the Allspark, but that's going to use more energon. Prime is making teams for everybody to start searching. It's like you're looking for one thing on an on what I can only assume is a fair sized planetoid. It it's going to take time at the very least, and it you do not have a lot of manpower at this point to be able to do this. And really, you know, Alita is sort of pretty sensible when it comes to this, you know, trying to bring up these points that, you know, we don't have a whole lot to be able to do all this, but prime is gung ho. So from here, we transition back to the Decepticons and, Oh, 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 the secret signal that was beamed out to the Autobots has been detected by Soundwave. It's nice to hear Soundwave again. So, funnily enough, when I was looking through the the credits, the character or the actor who plays Magnus also did Soundwave in this series. Ooh, yeah, it was uh, Edward Bosco. Uh, I've seen a couple of his streams on Twitch. He's done a few different things he, he did some voicing in uh doom eternal as well as some animes but uh you know he he does a good job because i mean obviously you're not going to be able to tell because with Soundwave, he's always got that sort of distortion to him but it, it really he pulls off you know two different characters fairly well i thought but uh so Soundwave repeats the entire message that Magnus sent. Megatron is pissed. And Jetfire's like, well, we can assume that Prime is now looking for the Allspark. And now Megatron is like, oh, wait. 
If he's looking for it, then maybe we should help him find it. And of course, you know where this is going. It's going to lead to a trap. That's why I said that at the start of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how long this is going on, but Transformers uh, classics are on sale right now. Issues are 99 cents. So, oh, wow. Ooh. I hooked you up, Greg. This is going to be the reading experience of your life. <laughs> it probably will be. I haven't read a whole lot during this whole. Yeah, I haven't read a whole lot during this thing except for training <laughs> stuff. So it'll be nice to read something that doesn't involve like the world of finance. Mm. But we we cut back to to Optimus and Alita who are walking in a hallway. Uh, Prime can tell that there's something bothering Alita, and so we get sort of a repeat of last episode, only in reverse this time, where. Alita's like, is it really that obvious? And he's like, yes. <laughs> but only to someone who knows you as well as I do. Yes. Yeah. And and we do get a, a bit of a hint of, you know, them knowing each other quite well. And some hints of maybe they were more than just friends prior to everything happening. So it sort of makes it kind of tragic that you have a character like Alita who is in this role of trust and responsibility and importance. And she has a responsibility to, to everyone under them, under her command. And she's trying to be reasonable to Optimus, but at the same time, it's, it's sort of like being a loved one to what I can only guess is like a prophet or you know, something along those lines that, you know, you don't necessarily feel you can go down the same road that they can. And you have to sort of be that anchor in reality, in a sense, I guess, which makes it kind of tragic, really. Well, not even a not even like a, a profit, but even just uh, like a maybe like a little bit of a a dream. I guess a dreamer would be a, a thing, you know, yeah. somebody who is. Somebody who has has big ideas. I guess the difference is you see you see Optimus as this like Superman figure, uh, this heroic guy mm-hmm. that's that, and I see him as as somebody who is trying to be. I mean, another it's another interpretation of Superman, but somebody who is trying to be the best that they can be. Who maybe this this role has been thrust upon them. Um, who. Uh, who who sees the? I mean, his whole thing is that he sees the good in people, definitely to to a fault in this episode. And really, the very next scene, we're going to see that as well, mm-hmm. because we, you know, we we have a touching moment between Alita and Optimus. We then transition to them getting a call that there's another message coming in from Magnus. Only this time. He's transmitting coordinates to where the AllSpark is. And Prime is very much like, prepare the teams. This is where we're going. It, pretty much without any questions asked. And then we cut to the Decepticons. And sure enough, Soundwave is, you know, has created Magnus's voice and is sending this message. So obviously it's, it's a trap, which everybody pretty much was wary of from the get-go. Only this time it is actually so. So we then go to Megatron who approaches Magnus's cell. Magnus tries appealing to him again to which Megatron is like, well, 
any chance you had of that was lost when you sent that signal to Prime. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Can't really argue it. Magnus, of course, has this shocked expression on his face. He's like, well, <laughs> what were you expecting? You're in the middle of a Decepticon HQ using a super secret frequency and you know that it's being that all frequencies mm-hmm. are being monitored, especially in their headquarters. Mm-hmm. For for the military commander of the force doesn't seem to be all that up on what happens in the military. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Meg- Megatron is pretty much of, of the mind that no, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna happen. He's like well, now I can't help how much they're about to suffer. So we cut back to the Autobots who are closing in on the coordinates. And Prime, of course, is like, you know, try and be careful, be stealthy. And everybody's approaching and the Decepticons are waiting in ambush. We've got Megatron and Shockwave for monitoring things from the from HQ and seeing where all the Decepticons are positioned. And sure enough, if, if I remember correctly, it's... Is it Chromia or is it Alita who's like, you know, this is the perfect place for a trap? I think it is Alita. Yeah, because Chromia's Alita's beside uh, Optimus when she says that. Well, yeah, Chromia's up front with uh, Cog. Yeah, but it, and and she's right. It, it's it, what was which Marvel movie was it? Iron Man two. Where where Rhodey's like, you know, this is the kill box. This is where you come to die, and it's pretty much <laughs> what they've set up there, <laughs> right? It's uh, it's uh, where like uh, Anakin says, "I sense a trap." What shall we do next? <laughs> Spring, Spring the, trap. the trap. But yes, we we get Chromia and Hound uh, and Cog and. Uh, Sideswipe and a few other Autobots who are sort of approaching the this this particular location that looks of interest. It's sort of like this big door that is blocked off, and Cog goes to the door and starts feeling around, and this hole opens up, and this is where we get the cube, reminiscent of G one. Um, oh 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 oh! oh. Uh, I think I missed I think I missed this scene that I really liked, and I forgot to. I also forgot to pull an audio clip from it. Uh, have we gotten to the part where the uh, where the pre- where the Decepticons like shout their names out? Uh, we're we ju- if we pass it, we just pass it. So if, if yeah, you yeah. Said. But what I was saying last last episode, like they go through the whole episode and they like don't say a bunch of characters' names. In this episode, they are constantly saying characters' names. Yeah, yeah. We get a bit of even a roll characters call. that don't really matter, and that's great. That's great. Because it's, I think that's that, because like I said, for storytelling purposes, it's very important. If, if you don't have every single one of these characters memorized, mm-hmm. it's, it's good to introduce them. And, and they do a, they do a roll call, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with the, with the Decepticons right before they start murdering everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And you, and you also mentioned too, I, I think it's, I forget if this is what, exactly which scene it is but when sideswipe and optimus says yes of course you can speak freely sideswipe like yeah. that's not how people talk yeah. you know <laughs> you know they don't necessarily say say those na- say names of the people constantly but mm-hmm. they but they do they do that in the show so you know that that's sideswipe yes only they didn't do it in the first episode 
Right. They didn't do it in the first. Ep- it's like it's a di- this. Ep- all of my complaints about the first episode do not apply to this episode. This episode, they, had, they got it all figured out. Obviously, the person who wrote this episode is from the future. I like, heard they this say shockwave. <laughs> they say shockwave's name. You know, they say like all the you know all the all the characters that get introduced. And I th- I I want to say that this episode. I, I can't remember if they say Starscream's name in the first episode. But this was this episode of the beginning when they were like Starscream. That was when I was like, "Oh, that's Starscream," because <laughs> you never know with the plane people. I mean, it makes a lot. It makes sense from a Transformers archetypes that the guy that wants to usurp the other guy is Starscream, who has a screechy voice. That's true. But but still, like it, it wasn't a hundred percent because I don't you know I don't know. I think it's because of the Michael. I blame the Michael Bay movies. Because, like, the Michael Bay movies use Bumblebee and Optimus and a bunch of random characters, mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of the core ones that you would expect that recur, because probably because they want to be able to murder everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> but yes, so upon grabbing the, the cube, um, it's not... It's not exactly like a G1 Energon cube. It, it's a box that you flip open. Which I think is also kind of a nod to Prime. Like they have a, a box cube like that as well. Yeah. So it's like double both the old cube thing and then some newer cube uses. Yeah. But just as they, they open the cube, that's when the trap is sprung. Uh, because they say there's there's no all spark, it's just concentrated energon, and Austin's like concentrated energon. He's like it's a trap, and that's when they're like kill them all, and just Cog gets like a really brutal shot right in the midsection. Uh, he almost gets shot in half. Yeah, like it it literally blows a hole in his body, and now the the fight is on for survival, and it's. You know, you've got Chromio who's dragging Cog's, you know, limp body. The 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 hole that was shot into him is still glowing orange from the heat of the bolt passing through his body. And it's very, very brutal. Like obviously there's no blood, mm-hmm. but it's very is vis would visceral be a good term to describe it? You know, that's actually a good question because it's not exactly viscera that these have very uh mechanical no that wouldn't work though yeah Mm. Yeah. i mean i mean we are seeing the internals of of the transformers but it's not it's not uh flesh flesh and blood kind of thing yeah and really it's it's sort of reminiscent i know we keep making star wars references in this episode (laughs) um it's almost reminiscent of a lightsaber passing through something like it's 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 scorching it Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. what we see with with cog here and and the wound that he's got so we don't actually if it weren't for the scorching you'd probably see like wires and sparks and all sorts of stuff but but it's very brutal we then have the the rest of the autobots who are trying to to get into the the ones that have been attacked to to sort of free them it's a it's very much a, a back and forth battle. Uh, Chromia gets some like she snipes a jet. Um, 
barricade sort of kicks uh, Mirage's ass a little bit and gives him a bit of a beat down. Um, we do get something. I'm surprised it wasn't brought up um, in IMDb or TF Wiki, um, probably because of the, the wording. But Barricade, instead of saying, I'll rip out your optics, he says, I'll rip out your circuits to, to Mirage. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, Prime holds his own in this fight compared to the last episode. Um, he definitely kicks a lot more ass. And, and Alita comes Pound, in. Pound know. helps out Chromia at one point with a, with a pretty nice save, which... I only point out because at one point when the Spartans started, he actually asked where Chromia was, which yes. makes me wonder if there's something either between them or that he just like actually has focused on her for some reason. It's certainly possible. Um, I wasn't aware of anything in any. No, that's but that's what I mean. Yet, like, it's kind of cool. Yeah, we we do get. Um, sadly, they never mentioned the name of the bot, but it, it's one of those sort of clones or copies of cog who he transforms onto sideswipe shoulders and he becomes like a, a set of cannons mm-hmm. that sideswipe shoots at a bunch of Decepticons to sort of lay some, some cover fire, um, which, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah. Apparently cogs toy in, in the wars of Cybertron uh, series is made specifically to be able to do that. So so yeah, that like, this, side besides this battle, this battle is great. Yeah. Yeah. They they transform a bunch of times, like characters are shooting at each other and do the like this is this is the the just just a a, a perfect like action scene for like it's got it's got emotion, it's got excitement, it's got it's this is it's stuff like this that's like this is what this show is great for like i love when the when the robots are talking to each other but when they're but sometimes you gotta fight like this like it's oh mm-hmm. so cool no and we definitely get a lot more transformation so what we did last episode oh yeah 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 this i'm which which uh which supports was it jordan's theory that they're running out of energon and so they're that's why they don't transform because it takes energy to transform mm-hmm. yeah um because that would that would support one why Decepticons were tend to be transforming a little bit more because Decept- Decepticons seem to be doing a little bit better, and two, uh, like you're transforming in battle because you're fighting for your life, so you gotta yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna you're gonna use whatever resources you need to use. Uh, uh, yeah. I, so yeah, I'm I'm more on board with what Jordan was saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So we we get the Autobots sort of scrambling. Alita calls for the retreat. We've got um, Prime has transformed. And he, this is the, the moment where I, the size difference that you mentioned, Jordan, sort of played in a bit. Because we've got Cog and Chromia on the back of Prime. And Prime, like he looks a lot bigger than what he would have been in robot mode, like transformed. Like they, they seem to fit on him fairly easy when he's driving away. At least that's the impression that I got. So maybe that's another thing with the transforming, like conserving energy because they can control their size a little bit, I guess, like maybe some sort of mass manipulation in a sense, but if you want to no know prize it. 
yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, so they managed to, to get Cog back to uh, to to Red Alert and the base. And they're like, "Can you fix him?" Now? He's like, "Get him into the repair bay." <laughs> Yeah, like Red Alert is just beside himself. He's like, he's got a hole blasted in him. I don't know. Like, why are you pausing here to talk? Let's get him into surgery. Yeah. But but it's very brief, and then we cut to to Optimus and Alita and Hound, who who are going to to Wheeljack. Wheeljack hasn't found anything using the Ark, Um, but he asks how things went. Alita's like, we suffered casualties. And no Allspark, it was a trap. And you know, we walk right into it and we get Prime sort of giving her a bit of a narrow eyed mm. look. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. And, and Will Jack asks them about the big cube of Energon. He's like, I heard something about that. Did we get that? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? yeah. No. So, so, uh, so I've got this. I've got this scene. Everyone okay? We suffered casualties. No all spark. It was a trap. And we walked right into it. That's where Prime looks at her. <laughs> I heard something about a big cube of Energon. Tell me you at least brought that back. Scrap. Optimus, we're going to need time to recover from this. Wheeljack, any luck finding the actual Allspark? Optimus, the Energon it takes will start affecting our ability to stay cloaked. Unfortunate, but necessary. No, Optimus, you heard him. We don't have the resources. Keep searching. So yeah, that's that's going to be a big point of contention. And Alita's right; like they they're definitely going to need to be recovering from that because they probably used a lot of resources for that mm-hmm. between the transformations mm-hmm. and Cog getting a hole blown in him, and yeah. But but Optimus is like we're. We're, uh, we're, we got to focus on this. So I've been thinking about game strategy a lot lately because I've been spending all my time playing Star Wars cards, uh, which by the way, went two and two at Texas mini worlds this weekend. Oh, congrats. Um, Texas mini worlds was online. So I did not have to travel to Texas. Uh, my, my two wins were against people that I've played many times in the past and never won against them. Oh, that's Uh, one of my losses. One of my losses was to a former world champion. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other loss I should have won. I, I played bad. I did. I, the, the list of mistakes began well before the game started. Like, but we'll, I don't need to talk about that. And also when I say a former world champion, it makes me sound cool. (laughs) <laughs> but when you consider that there's like 20 or 30 world champions at this point, I, well, <laughs> 25 or so. And there's like a hundred people that play the game. Uh, you, you know, you're going to run into former world champions every once in a while. It's just, oh. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I, yeah. But uh, when you're losing a game uh, of, of star Wars or magic or whatever, you can't keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, if, if you're, if you're doing, if I think ma- I'm going to use a magic metaphor that is very, very basic, but if what you're doing is doing two points of damage to your opponent 
and your opponent is doing three points of damage to you every turn, and otherwise you're locked down so that you can't, so that neither of you can really, you know, can really do anything. If you keep that up, you're going to lose. Yeah. And, and that's Optimus's point here. You, they need to do something different. And this is a chance, uh, you know, the Decepticons have figured out that the AllSpark might actually exist, which, you know, they have legit evidence that this thing, that this MacGuffin will, uh, will win the war, whoever has it. And, and so that's what they have to do. That's their only choice at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in Star Wars cards, you're, you're force draining, you know, you're, I'm in, I'm in one place and they're in that place and I'm doing two damage and they're doing three damage. Uh, at some point you have to, you have to go to their location and fight them or else you're going to lose the game, even though it's a bigger risk to fight them. So, uh, that's, you know, that's what, that's where, that's where Optimus is at, but it's just a hard, it's a hard thing because that's one that's, that's putting, they're running out of energon enough to keep them cloaked. So if that, if they lose their cloak, then they're basically dead. In the water, and uh, you know everybody. Everybody involved is 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 exhausted, and you know metaphorically starving. I don't know. I don't know if uh, if if robots get hungry, but there's there's some. You know they're they're all they're hurting really bad. Yeah. And and this is a this is a very long shot. Mm-hmm. No, it's very apt comparison. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Ultra Magnus is. This is the second thing I've seen in Ultra Magnus in, and uh, he kind of sucked in the movie. Uh, <laughs> but he's clearly not—he's clearly not a coward. You know, there's mm. a reason he was Optimus's right hand man, and and it took a lot for him to surrender to the Decepticons. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty evident with how how resigned he is. Like he—he's definitely tired. He, he he's tired of fighting. He's tired of seeing death, seeing his comrades falling in battle, and he just wants it to end. And I think that's that's noble, and you know he he has the right reasons behind it. It's just unfortunately that he's dealing with you know two sides of a coin, and neither side wants to budge. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so after we we get the the talk with. With the Autobots, we go back to the Decepticons. Uh, we actually get a bit of Ravage. Like we didn't, I didn't mention it before, but we yeah. have Ravage here. So yay for for Robot Kitty surviving the battle. <laughs> which well, uh, if is, we have Soundwave, we're gonna have Ravage. Yeah, yeah. Which but actually they, is kind of interesting. There's a certain version of me that hates that I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Soundwave. I think Soundwave's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he's got some good moments to him. Look, he's he's got some good moments. They've made him <laughs> pretend like he's cool, like mm-hmm. in 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 stuff. I don't I don't like I don't like that he's a tape player. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. We don't. Really I, know I do I do like how apparently Ravage is hell is uh, a corpse sniffing dog. Yes, sort of, <laughs> kind of there. I mean, um, well, Panther, but still. Yeah. And they're looking for Impactor who had a building fall on top of him. Uh, yeah, like Barricade's just standing on top of it, like <laughs> mate, like yelling orders, and they come up and he's like, did you find him? Uh, and, I found what's left of him. <laughs> yeah, and tosses him an arm. 
Yeah. And then they realize, oh, where's that big box of Energon that we, you know, brought with us? And they're like, uh, maybe the Autobots suck it. And they're like, oh, Megatron's not going to be happy about this. <laughs> and it's funny because we then cut to him. And he's like, so in addition to killing one of my finest soldiers, you lost a entire box of highly purified Energon. And the Autobots have it. He's like, who let this happen? And then we immediately cut to Barricade, who's like, <laughs> Megatron just Goes growls at him. Because I think it's like with Impactor gone, it all falls to him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, Shockwave points out that he doesn't think either the auto he doesn't think the Autobots got the Energon either, because. And we cut to a familiar form. We've got Bumblebee and Shockwave says it, the Energon disappeared off of our sensors during the battle. And then we see B open up a lid and he's got this purple glow on his face. So there's the Energon. Which I totally, I totally forgot about that. You know, I talked about, (laughs) I talked last time about how I was, I was, I was drinking while I watched this. And apparently I was, I was like, I must have been out of it by by episode two. Um, it was late at night, too. So it was I'm not, you know, I'm not like it's not like I was blackout drunk, but I was, you know, I was drinking and messaging you guys that oh, the show is so awesome. And then I was probably <laughs> half paying attention and then half asleep because I totally my memory was just that Bumblebee just kind of stuck with them. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see what happens because I legit don't remember. <laughs> We we then cut from B back to the Decepticons, and we've got Shockwave, Megatron, and Jetfire approaching Magnus's cell. Magnus is like, "Well, judging by the look on your face, Optimus must have survived." <laughs> and Megatron's like, "You're going to tell me where Optimus is now?" He's like, "I'm going to finish this now." Magnus is like, mm, "No, not going to do that." <laughs> it's like never going to happen. And he punches him through the bars. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, the bars. Well, bar slash force field. Yeah. And I've got, I've got, I've got the, I've got literally the rest of the episode here, so <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and play it because it's All the right. end of the episode. But it's a great, it's a great scene. By that look on your face, Optimus must have survived. You will tell me the location of Optimus Prime now. That uh, the the thing that pushed Megatron over the edge, and I think they said this earlier in the episode, but the reason that he decided that he's actually that he actually wants to uh, reformat all the Autobots 
was that this this guy this guy that surrendered to him. I mean, you're, we're talking about honor. When you surrender, you're not supposed to go back to to become a spy for the for your the other people. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not super honorable. Yeah. yeah, I I mean, you know, he sees he sees that as a betrayal, and I mean, I mean, you know, I know it's obviously like he's it's his he's a grown he's a grown up. Megatron could have decided not to uh, commit genocide, but. But at the same time, like that's the I just find that really an interesting character thing that that that's the thing that pushed him over the edge. Like like you just need obviously a lot of crap is built up that has made Megatron more and more and more evil. And it's just like this is that moment where he becomes just truly, truly like completely irredeemable. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely the episode where we see, you know, that last bit of apprehension go away with Megatron. That's where this is where he's gone over the edge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love it. <laughs> this episode was so much like, like I liked the first episode, but, but this episode just, just did it for me like better than better, even than the first episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So that was the end of the episode. Uh, we put out a call for some questions. Uh, you can certainly submit questions to us on Twitter at Warren beast. That's where we, we made a post there. Uh, on the Facebook group for Warren Beast, as well on the Audio Entropy Discord. If you want to send us any questions on there, feel free to uh, do so on the Warren Beast channel. Uh, What do we have for questions this week, Jordan? Okay, so let me just double-check to see if there's any on the Facebook, because I always forget to double-check that one. Okay, (laughs) so we have, like, just... Well, we have a comment from from when we released this stuff about the... uh, uh, about the episode uh, on Monday, which I think is, is that what the one you were talking about with? Uh, yes. The, yes. Okay. Uh, but uh, that's actually, uh, that was actually from Rhea Rose, by the way, who yes. also sent us a question. Long time listener. Yes. So Rhea Rose at Rhea Rose eight uh, says, I'm excited to see you all. So you are back. And oh, thanks. And how have you all been? Mm. Uh, who wants to go in order or, <laughs> I was going to say, do we want to like double the length of this episode? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Please tell us everything that's happened in your life in, in the last, uh, what, two years. When was the last episode of, of uh, War and Beast? Uh, oh, yeah, it would have been about two years ago because the bonus episode came out a year ago for Bumblebee. And that was about a year after we had finished. So, yeah, it's oh. been about two years since the end of this, since we finished Beast Machines. Um, let's see what has happened. Uh, I am now a grandfather twice. Uh, lost my job due to stupid pandemic, unfortunately a few months ago. So I've been looking for work and yeah, that's pretty much it now. That's me in a nutshell. Uh, as for me, what, uh, towards the end of war and beast, I was basically, kind of stuck back at home due to medical reasons, which involved my eyes. And oddly enough, I have so far have gone through one of those pretty well. Uh, I, I think I've mentioned it here and there. I might've even mentioned it on like a, on like a let's place, but I basically had to get a cornea transplant. Yes. I have not started seeing ghosts or other weird paranormal things. So either they gave me, they didn't give me some uh, psychics 
uh, I've all things or movies have always lied to me. Oh man. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, the, I think Jessica it, Alba especially lied to us. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, the, uh, the amount that I can see now is great. Like it has been a steady decline. So, I mean, I can't complain with how long the recovery period is. And, uh, you know, basically it puts me on hold because, uh, I can't effectively drive by myself. And there's certain things that I just can't, I have to be careful with. And I can't really do on my own as, as, you know, essentially for safety reasons, or at least with not without like someone around, just keeping an eye or stuff like that. So, it's been kind of weird where I like I have been kind of in a limbo sort of thing, but I've been finding stuff that I can do to help out either friends uh, or my, you know, my family, you know, getting support from from family as well during this time. So, you know, it's it's been up and down, but all, you know, in general, quite all right. Like it's been pretty well. That's good. I'm glad that your recovery is going well, Jordan. Yeah, I've been good. <laughs> I was figuring you were either going to go really, really long, Kendall, or you were just going to have some really short. <laughs> I mean, I I spent all my time podcasting, and uh, I mean, like work life stuff. I I did get laid off, not related to the pandemic, and uh, got a new job that is slightly worse than the old job. So mm. you know. Yeah. Not not like incrementally, just like a little. I mean, but it might be better. I don't know. We'll see. It's boring. I shall keep my, I shall keep my fingers crossed for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nothing, nothing. I do have lines. Life changing. Yeah. I do have some lines on some jobs. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. So when the la- I got temporary, well, quote unquote, temporarily laid off in April and it became permanent in July. It essentially, it was one big conference call where they said oh yeah all 220 of you on this call now have no job which kind of really sucked yeah but uh so then i went on linkedin and posted about it and linkedin news took my post and had it as a part of their article about the layoff because it was like one of the biggest in the cannabis industry up here in canada oh and i'm sure they paid you for use of your uh stuff huh no (laughs) No, i'm sorry i just joking because i've heard the same kind of thing happening to someone and they're like you 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 know like you use that without my permission could i maybe like get something in way and they're like and instead they just took it off their article yeah (laughs) well i took it as more exposure than anything oh yeah it's however you yeah yeah Yeah, i mean journalists don't pay for their for their sources yeah like that's that would be that would be unethical. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I got exposure for it, and I th- I want to say that the support that I got from it, um, just from you know folks on on it, certainly helped, and has been a bit of a it, it's been a factor in the stuff that I've done since then. So it's gotten me to a point now where I've got. A couple of potential jobs, one with maybe the government and another one with maybe a transportation company here. So we shall see. Yeah. So yeah, that that was a long and short of it for for that question. Um, what else do we have there, Jordan? 
we also have a question from Morgan at Best Trans Girl, and they ask, "What are your thoughts on the Transformers Armada trilogy?" Um, mixed. <laughs> yeah, I I liked parts of it. Yeah. Um, I kind of did like some of the toys, and I did. I mean, they kind of went overkill with it. But I did kind of did like the idea where they brought back the whole idea of Minicons of like, you know, like little little robot tag along friends because this and but the idea that they actually like uh, unlocked things in certain robots like the, you. Yeah, they had like little pegs that when you pre- put the Minicons on, it would unlock things it was actually kind of neat. I know I got a bunch of the Minicon like figures and stuff like that, especially the. uh the ones that like turned into like the star saber and the, and like the, uh, some kind of special Aegis shield or something like that. Mm. And like other little things like that. So, so like toy wise, I, you know, like it was pretty neat. I tried watching the cartoon and it just, I don't know. So it didn't click with me as much. And I don't know if it was because, uh, they went wholesale more anime-ish with it. Mm-hmm. And as such, they had like, uh, you know, the kids sidekicks were also kind of a weird thing added to it, like more more so than than, you know, the original G1 or the movies or anything like that. Or or what? But just for some reason, like, you know, like the 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 more Armada, like the cartoons and stuff like that was just not that not that uh interesting to me like the cartoon yeah um for for armada my wife and i and probably there's gonna be a lot of people who are like "Ooh, uh we managed to track down uh the unicron from the armada show it's still in the box like we drove two hours and we bought it for our son for for christmas one year because he really really wanted it um, I don't think he has it anymore. I think he might have sold it shortly after he went to college. Um, but uh, yeah, he that was a a really big toy. Uh, I've got, I think I've still got the Optimus from the Energon series, if I'm not mistaken. And I th- think I might have given one of my nephews the Optimus from the Cybertron series if I'm not huh. mistaken. So some of the toys were pretty cool. Although the, the Optimus from Cybertron, the, cause he was sort of like a fire truck in that series, if I'm not mistaken. And, and the, isn't Cybertron the ones where they had those cyber key things? Yes. Okay. And so the, the back end, uh, I've, I've never been able to, to track it down. Like the, the one that I had, I think was used. So I never had the back ends, which I kind of, uh-huh kind of regret because I always like being able to like attach parts to my transformers. That's why I like the Optimus from Energon because he's got like the four different vehicles that can attach to the arms and legs. Yeah, the, the, the whole power links thing yeah. that they did was like I said, like with especially with the mini cons. I I did kind of like that kind of thing. Yeah. But the uh, animation Yeah, the animation was was definitely hit and miss and having the, the humans in there at points was sort of didn't think it was really necessary, but like the CG for the carrot for the robot models was wi- weird, and the mouths were just flaps. Yeah, 
Um, I've I've mentioned I mentioned this off air, but uh, before we started watching War for Cybertron, I sat down and watched the previous Hasbro animated trilogy that they paid for, which was the the what is it the um, I think it was the Prime trilogy. Yeah, the Prime trilogy. So it it was uh, uh, Transformers. Um, oh, what is it? Uh, Let's see. Titans. Uh, Titans Return was the second one. So, yeah, oh, combi- was, Combiner Wars. Yeah, Titans Combiner Return, Wars, Titans Return, and Power and of the Power Primes. of the Primes. And, uh, I mean, one of the things, and you know, I always like look up uh, things on the TF Wiki mentions how uh, the animation in in uh, Combiner Wars kind of made uh, Energon look good. Yeah. And let's just you know say that that. That is not a good, that's not a good uh, bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, you know, like, uh, I guess just something about like the, the, like, like I said, like the power links ability, the things that you could switch them back and forth as well. <laughs> um, a lot of the things that they could do. Uh, it does mention here in the Transformers wiki that the, the toy lines, like, while well, you know, like the, like old time fans had like mixed reactions to it. The target audience of like children ages four to nine was like a hit. Like yeah. it was amazingly well, like well received. And that's why the, they went so whole hog into Energon and Cybertron and all kinds of stuff. Like to the point where they had to throw in redecos of beast war toys in, uh, in the original, uh, Armada, Energon, Cybertron, oh, yeah, and that's right. the universe subline that yeah. was kind of like the whole thing. Just, just, to, just to keep up with demand of it. So, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's an interest, you know, like it had an interesting things and and ideas and stuff like that. And I think it's really neat that they made like it was a very nice uh, toy line. But you know, like like I keep coming to like for some reason something about the the uh, the the cartoon itself was just off for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't. I don't even know what Armada was. <laughs> it was I mean, like apparently it was a cartoon. It was basically the, the early stuff. to mid two thousands. Yeah, and it was like the 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 newest one that really felt like oh they definitely made this in Japan and they're just translating it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like it was it was like the first new series that they that they showed that definitely felt like that. Like it wasn't like oh well maybe they like you know it's just that it was you know uh. You know how like a lot of uh, animation studios are are in the in the east anyway. So mit, so it was like maybe like American written and then uh, Eastern animated. But no, no, this Armada and and the ones after it were definitely ones that felt like this was definitely just a, uh, translated from the the Japanese show. Yeah, right, right. They were created in Japan and then they did a dub of it after. Okay, well that's the thing. I'm. I you know sometimes I think feel like I'm not out of my depth, and then somebody <laughs> drops a question like that, and I'm like, I don't know, what is, I don't know what that is. Um, there is one comment from Rhea that I figured you would be happy about as well, though, Kendall. Uh, oh yeah, Rhea, Rhea does say that she had the same issue as you. The lack of names was confusing when it came to Red Alert and Ratchet. Mm. So Rhea yeah. listened to the episode today and wanted to point that out. Well, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> uh because that yeah i don't know that was a, that was just a thing storytelling and stuff yeah 
But yeah, I think that was all we had for questions this week. There's our review of episode two of War for Cybertron Siege. Again, if you want to send any questions, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or on the Discord. Uh, but yeah, it's been another week. We appreciate everybody listening in. Well, we've got two down. We've got four more to go. So we shall see how it goes. So for Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Jordan. And uh, and I'm, I'm Kendall. Till all are one, folks. Roll out.